Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting, from floating to boating. This week, we're diving into water and all the ways it can keep you cool and cozy this summer. This is our final episode of the season before we go on our summer hibernation. We do a reverse hibernation here at All Things Cozy. We go away in the summer, hide from the sunlight. Um, But before we go, we wanted to touch base around some cozy stuff you can do uh, to stay cool this summer around water. (laughs) It's a really general topic, but we're going to tackle it. pretty straightforward. (laughs) Uh, It's very fluid and amorphous, but we'll figure it out. We'll get our way around it. But before we dive in, it's cozy in the news. So I'm back with another recipe story. I can't get off the recipe train. This time, we have a recipe from Beyond the Grave. Sounds a little dark, but it's actually super cozy. This woman from Utah, her name is Catherine Andrews, and she died in December 2019, 97. And engraved on her headstone is her fudge recipe. And I guess she went by the nickname Kay. So on the headstone, it says Kay's fudge, and it literally has all the ingredients, the butter, uh, melt on low heat, stir in the milk, bring to a boil, all the stuff that you would need to make fudge. And so it's a little unique. I mean, you don't see your recipes on headstones every day. Or at all. I mean, this at is le- my first. Least, yeah, 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 you're right. It's not at all. It's my first time as well. Uh, so her daughter had asked her before she died what she wanted her headstone to memorialize herself. And this is what she chose. And so not only do I think it's sweet to have a fudge recipe on your headstone, but what makes it cozy personally for me is the fact that she was so dang proud of this fudge recipe that she had it engraved on her headstone. I, I made me think, I'm like, well, if I could put one thing on my headstone that I'd be proud of, what would it be? And to be honest, I had nothing. <laughs> But so I just think, you know, that, that confidence you had in yourself as a kid, like I'm so proud of this you know, project I did or this drawing or whatever it might be. And just to be so prideful about, about something and to be that excited or like, yeah, I got to share this with everyone who walks by my headstone. That is a super cozy feeling. And the fact that Kay leaned into this and chose her fudge recipe is really special in my book. Yeah, this is really cool. I love that this gives you a glimpse of who Kay was. It also gives you a chance to share an experience with this person of making Mm -hmm. this recipe. It's useful. That's something that most tombstones aren't. (laughs) I really love this. I think I love personal touches on memorials where when you're visiting, even if you don't know that person personally, you get a sense of who they were. Um, I think that's really great. And And I love that for this. And for the recipe, I mean, it's it's a, a great way to pass down a tradition, something that you enjoy. I I would love to see more of this. I hope this isn't the last uh, tombstone recipe that I see. Yeah, and Kay lives on through her fudge. That's right. This is awesome. I love it. This isn't exactly news, I will confess, but it is an interesting thing that you could consider to be news to you if you don't know about <laughs> it. Music is what it's used to describe it, but I really wouldn't call it music. It's so it's a Japanese musician isolated um, the sound of rain and used it to create quote unquote music. What it really sounds like more to me is just like really intense ASMR, but I checked it out and I was blown away at the quality of the ASMR of these raindrops. (laughs) 
they cut co- and the way they come together from like starting with one to a few to a dozen to thousands by the end. And it's really brief. And I really, words don't really do it justice. I think let's just enjoy the, the ASMR of it all and listen ourselves to this rain music. I like this. I like when the the raindrop hits the dirt. Big clunk. Yeah, it captures all the different sounds rain makes as it hits different surfaces. Um, a little bit more about this. Um, the title of the video is Amato no Yurai, which I'm sure doesn't sound anything like it sounds in Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they you know the news story that I found this on didn't include the name of the composer. I think it's on the video, but in Japanese, and I can't read that. So if you if we'll we'll link the video in our show notes for you to check out yourself. Um, but if anyone knows the the name of the composer, you can you can mention it in our comments. But yeah, anyway, I just think it's a cool thing to listen to, and I just wanted to share a new thing that is water related that I found. Yeah, I really liked it because the sounds are like you said versatile, and with the ASMR, sometimes it gets a little too grating for me because it's all one note sound. But that's what this makes this one especially refreshing. Speaking of refreshing. Let's talk about the coziness of water. We all need it. We all love it. But how does it make us cozy? Is <laughs> a question we're all asking ourselves in the summer. Burning question. Uh, well, well, you know, we burn up in the summer and we need it to cool down um, both our internal body temperatures and external for swimming. Now, look, we're, we, know, we, we know that you know about swimming. Okay. We know, we know that. Um, we're not going to mention beaches uh, in terms of just going to a beach and swimming or going to a pool, okay? We're, we're really specifically looking at ways to use or be around water in the summertime to make yourself feel cozy that are specific experiences and that may not be the first thing that comes to mind. So that's kind of the, the, our theme for today's episode. In that spirit, the first experience I'd recommend and share for staying cool by the water this summer and, and keeping cozy is to take a float trip. A float trip, for those of you who have not floated before, (laughs) in a trip (laughs) capacity, um, is really just a very lazy journey down a river in any kind of craft you would like to do that in. Typically, it's a canoe or an inflatable raft or a tube, an inner tube. My first float trip was in Huzah Valley in Missouri, where float trips Mm. are quite popular. I thought it was Huzah. Huzzah. <laughs> that would have made it so much more, you know, huzzah. It, it, it could be huzzah to you. Um, okay. I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced huzzah. Huzzah. And, it, and it's really, again, as simple as it sounds, you get on your craft and you slowly make your way down a river and you take in nature. We saw on our trip uh, turtles and a bathing armadillo, <laughs> which was fun. Cool. Yeah. I would say about half the people you see are families just like hanging out. And friends, and then the other half are people who are just getting drunk, which is in in a in a chill way, not in a belligerent way. <laughs> Sorry, okay. we're all relaxing on the river, floating down the river. Okay, um, and so, so you can bring some cold soldiers. You can, you can, you can bring um, some beverages of your choice, and even if you're not in Missouri, um, there are lots of float friendly rivers. You can float on a lot of rivers, Jillian, uh, all over the country. Mm. 
you know, I, I was looking at an article that was recommending rivers for, for float trips in particular, and they recommended the San Marcos in Texas, the Merced River in California, Bend River in Oregon, and the Salt River in Arizona as, as possibilities there. So check out your, your local area and um, check into your, your rivers. What's up? You know, are there any places that rent craft for float trips? And uh, the Huza Valley one that I did in particular, it's about most of them, either you plan a weekend where you like have stops along the way or we, I, I, I like the day experience. So like we went, it's about four to six hours, depending on how, how fast you're floating. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a long float trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you know, you want to enjoy the river. Yeah. There's gonna be some journey to it. You just do that for a few hours and hang out with your friends and stay cool, um, in a river. That sounds absolutely lovely. Like a true dream. The only float experience I had was at a man-made theme park, a man-made, um, river called the lazy river. <laughs> and it was probably just this pee river, you know, all these kids <laughs> going, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoyed it. I, and that was, you know, probably like a, a 20 minute ride, but I'm, I'm jealousy to all these float trip experiences. I think it's the, the perfect way to kick off experiencing coziness with, with the water. Cause you're truly just, like you said, lazing around, you can have a little drinks or not, um, and ha- hanging out. How many people can fit on a, on a float? Would you say a two? Well, I mean, you can all get your own um, oh. you know, tube or whatever. If you, each tube fits a person. But I think like, I, I remember we were in canoes on the trip I'm remembering. And so it was two people per boat, but a lot of people were going down in inner tubes or I think they have larger ones too. Um, mm. I think that's more of a raft at, at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it really is like, you know, you can group up in a certain craft or you can have your own as you go down. Um, to me is the epitome of coziness on the water. Cause personally, I'm not a a huge fan of swimming, but I do love being near water in the summer. Yeah. And so this was checking all the boxes for me because I got to like be near water and on it and, and, and enjoying it with, without swimming, which is, I think the kind of obvious thing that most people think of when they think of like staying cool in the summer, but there's other things you can do uh, in a river or on a lake. Yeah. I love that idea. And when you put all your ideas out there, I kind of took a different, approach just be some variation because uh, instead it would be just like yeah go float on a river go to the beach and just be back and forth so I tried to be even more passive than floating on a river and my recommendation is to find a quiet space and enjoy an underwater photography book and I say this because I was thinking of my earliest experiences with water and my relationship to water and kind of meditating on that a bit and I Grew up, obviously, near water, being on Long Island, it's an island. So there's a beach near my house. We had a pool. My grandma lived in Florida, and we'd always go out on the boat and see all the fishes and all that stuff. And then we'd go to that big beach, Robert Moses, which had huge waves, and then running through the sprinkler. So I just, all these great memories of water. And But one of the other memories I had was sitting in my living room couch, thumbing through this amazing underwater photography book. And I would just find a little quiet space and I don't know why it's stuck in my memory, but I would just quietly sit there and thumb through all the pictures and just think how gorgeous and beautiful it was. So thinking it'd be pretty calming experience to do that as an adult. And I couldn't find the book that I used to look at as a kid as a coffee table book that my mom had, she had all these different coffee table books and I couldn't re, re- 
relocated, I guess. But uh, I checked out this one recommendation, and it is called The Life and Love of the Sea by Lewis Blackwell. And I'll include the the link in the Facebook group, but all these stunning shots of marine life, all the way from you know sea creatures to beautiful waves, coastlines, island chains, and it's honestly just stunning. And I would love to carve out an afternoon for myself, maybe a glass of wine, just like look through all the books. It's not, it's not the same as, you know, scrolling through photos of the ocean online. It's a completely different experience and just be a nice way to center myself and just take in, yeah, the the beauty of, of water in a way that we don't get to see by just going to the beach or to the lake. Yeah. You get to kind of take in these sublime vistas and you're underwater with a seal with a whale these things that are very exciting but when you're at a distance and you're in the comfort of your own home looking at a photo of it you just get to enjoy the the calm and the beauty of it i I love this idea in general and i guess i'm going to interject with like one of my other picks i think it's related to this which is Mm -hmm. to go to an aquarium um where first of all in the summer heat very cold in those places (laughs) so you do get to stay cool literally I have mixed feelings about aquariums because I, I don't I don't love having animals in captivity that don't need to be. But I do know there mm-hmm. are lots of aquariums, like the Monterey Bay Aquarium, for example, that are based in restoration rescue. and rescue. It's not quite the same as like a SeaWorld, right, situation. And I just find it to be so calming to watch the fish and to be underwater. And I think this book, to go back to your pick, provides the same sort of experience where you're underwater with the animals and there's just something so immediately, it's almost like, I guess it is, there's like an element of sensory deprivation by when you empathetically put yourself into the picture or you're in the aquarium and you're kind of just like surrounded by this really, this slower environment with a lot less stimuli for us. um, That is extremely relaxing. Yeah. And there's just something I, I'm sure there's this meditative aspect when you're looking at, the color blue, because most obviously the photos in the book have all these stunning variations of blue. And for some reason, blue, I, the color, I find it to be extremely calming. And just to center myself and look at all these photos, I, I need to order this book ASAP because I myself sitting outside and just looking at it. Because, you know, if you don't live near any, you know, water-based areas or you don't have access to an aquarium it's a nice um alternative but i i do agree with you that going to one of those smaller aquariums that's based in rescue and restoration that are super educational and run by awesome people is also a a great idea i think there's one in a great one in santa barbara we can probably create a list i'm sure but lots of great aquariums out there to go to that aren't exploitative yeah i love this book idea it's perfect for the indoor kids and those of us who are like i don't need to be there i'm happy just to look at pictures in a book yep same vibe (laughs) that's us yep so if you do want a little bit more action i'll go into my next recommendation again i guess i'm the more traditional of the two of us generally speaking but mine is to lays by a lake and you're like okay we know about lakes matt uh, you don't. Thanks for the t- the hot tip. Um, so there are a couple of things to do on a lake over the summer that I think are particularly cozy that I want to um, shout out. And, and I come from this from the perspective of someone who every summer 
let me back up and say this. There are two types of families. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I've said this in the podcast before, so I apologize. I'm probably repeating myself. From my point of view, there are two types of families in America when it comes to vacations. If, if you are a vacation-taking family, you're either from the school of, we go to the same place every year, or every year's different. We're, we're globetrotters. We were definitely same place every year. I love that. No changes. We went to Monaco, Wisconsin, <laughs> to the north woods of Wisconsin. Um, lots of lakes and, and heavily forested up there. Um, and every summer, to the point where, like, when I became a irritable, snotty teenager, started to refuse to go with my parents because I was like, I'd rather stay home than go there one more time. <laughs> Which I look back on now, I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, oh, I get it. it. Honestly, at that point, I think just like being away from parents and alone was like more valuable to me than yeah, um, a vacation. A vacation. On itself. Yeah. So all you have to do there is be on a lake. And so here are my greatest hits <laughs> from things to do on a lake. Like, my number one thing is I fell in love from my experience there where the cabin that we'd stay in had a pontoon boat on its dock. Every place you'd stay in in, in the Northwoods for a, vac- for a vacation or from one of those dastardly people like us from Chicago who would go up for the summer would have a dock. Okay, so you, you could dock there. You get your own dock? Oh, yeah. I mean, every, every, if you're going to vacation up there, you want to get a, a cabin on a lake. And there's like a, oh, lot wow. of, a lot of lake to go around, a lot of, a lot of different little lakes that feed into the bigger lakes. They're all connected, which is cool. That's cool. Anyway, they had a pontoon boat. I loved it because basically, going back to swimming to a certain extent, a pontoon boat is, you know, it's basically just a giant square that's floating. Okay? <laughs> it's not a sleek vessel. You're not going fast, really. It's a party boat. It's a lot of plush seating, a lot of open floor, and really it's just designed for you to like go take it onto the lake, park it, and drink and have fun and relax and go swimming around it, and then you can just kind of use it as like a swimming platform. So like when you're tired of swimming around where you are on the lake, you can get back onto the boat. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I think I've, I've seen one pontoon boat. I had I heard it for the first time a few years ago for some reason. I think it's some news story related to it. And it is. It's very, it's very massive, but anyone can drive it, right? Oh, you yeah. You need a license. No, I mean, no, no. It, it, yeah, just get on there and, and, and pilot the boat. It's like a big bumper car. It's, it really feels like it's really difficult to mess that up. Boating is far easier than driving. You have a lot more space to maneuver around. Um, things are forgiving. So when you're docking, it's okay. You know, they have buoys next to the dock. You can kind of like, you, you know, you're going to nudge the boat against the buoys. So it's a bit like, you know, just, you know, you just bump it up against there, hmm. hop out, tie it, tie it to the dock. It's really simple. You keep your distance from other boaters. So like, it's not like you're, it's not like traffic or anything. So it's super easy and you can rent one uh, from, I was looking at some like rental costs, like uh, where, where we are in California, you can rent one like in Big Bear, for example, for like for a full day for $150, which is like actually a really good deal. Oh, that's a good deal. But you can do shorter increments. Like the, I think I saw like $75 for four hours. I was looking at Wisconsin, which is more expensive, strangely, for rental for whatever reason. I'm sure you can shop around, but it is quite a lot of money for like, I think it's like $200 per day. Keep in mind, pontoon boats, if you were to buy one, would set you back something like thirty to $60,000. So oh in the scheme of things, you know, if you are on a vacation, you want to rent a boat. If you're on a lake, you know, it's, it's not that expensive relative to like, you know, 
maintaining a boat or buying one. Yeah. You could split the cost with friends. Yeah, exactly. Not to belabor it, but I think it's a really fun thing to do. Um, of course you can also do like canoeing or, um, paddle boarding is fun, but I, I just wanted to shout out those, uh, watercraft <laughs> as fun stuff to pilot. And, um, in particular the, my favorite, the pontoon boat for its coziness and commitment to being square and slow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there for you just to chill boat. out on yeah i i would love if there's a picture of you manning the pontoon boat oh i'm sure i'm sure it's also during like my awkwardest period uh in like middle early high school so i'll definitely never show that photo but i'm sure it exists yeah well i'm learning a lot about yeah lakes i mean i didn't i or i because we i didn't go to many lakes i don't think i even went to an actual real big lake when I was younger. It was just obviously the ocean. I remember my friend from Chicago was telling me like, oh yeah, no, the, the lakes are like actual beaches. It it looks like a beach. And it does. It really does. Well, yeah, I mean, lake I, I Michigan was, is massive. Yeah. Well, I was imagining in my, obviously not Lake Michigan, I was imagining to be a little lake, but in my head, you like coastal when she talk, elites. <laughs> when she wouldn't know when she was talking about going, it's like, yeah, I'm going to the beach. I'm like, Oh, but when you actually set foot on all these different lakes, it it's just like it's a it's a it's a beach, and there's all these different things to do. Like so, there's a pond, pontoon. Well, boat. yeah, well, Lake Lake Michigan is like a whole other category. It's a great lake, oh, yeah. absolutely massive. Is like an ocean, and insofar as like when you're you, you really can't see, we can see Gary from a certain perspective, but like from from Chicago, but otherwise, like it's it's the horizon. And so it feels just like the ocean, like the lakes in, in Wisconsin, right. Or the smaller lakes that are connected. Like you definitely do see all around you, the, um, the coastline, which I, th- I think like that's cozy is like, you can kind of see, uh, it, and these are big lakes, but like, they're not like massive, like a great lake. But, um, I, I love those like little lakes that you can kind of tool around. And I, what I really love about the lakes in Wisconsin or in other like areas like it, where is when they are like connected in these like channels, you do have this experience of going into like these inlets and it getting kind of tight and that readings, you see a lot of herons hanging out and loons and then you come out and then it's big again. I don't know why. I just like that kind of like experience of moving through. It's, it feels like an adventure. I really love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I like the lake experience from what I'm, you know, hearing about it. It's more, cozy oriented where you can take it at a slower pace and you can really enjoy the scenery and take it in. And it's like you said, it's a whole day experience. You can make a weekend out of it. I'm sure it's a picnic. I know. (laughs) I'm 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 going to call Jay and tell her to like, get you to a lake. (laughs) You have a picnic by it. There's just so many different things to do. That's cozy. So I'm a little jealous of all your lazing around lakes. I, I used to fish a lot there as well. Um, not e- extraordinarily successfully as a gay boy fisherman, <laughs> I was more interested in the, the various like uh, bait styles. Like I would go mm. into like a, a bait and tackle store and just like look at all the different like sparkly worms <laughs> that they would sell. That you Very thrilling. No, it, honestly it is like I, you look at like <laughs> these different hooks and I'm like, wow, these are beautiful. I could be a fish. I would chase after this. <laughs> And it really is really it's, it's like jewelry. It's like now I really avoid fish if I can. I, I eat it occasionally because I can't help myself. But so I, I wouldn't fish now f- for the health of the fish. 
But if you're into that kind of stuff, it is very relaxing. I have to admit that about it. It's a slow, uh, calming thing to do. And um, if you do want a little more action, also fun to do tubing, where you you know you tie your inner tube to the back of a boat and they just drag you around. I love. That. Yeah, I used to I used to do that a little bit. I also did c- crabbing. Now, what <laughs> is that? Like... Oh, did you, are you actually like finding crabs to to cook? Yeah. Well, you're literally standing in some. It could be just a basic stick you find, and you tie some crap onto the end. But I don't remember what it was you put on the end of it. And just stick your stick in. <laughs> then a crab might come on it. You bring it home and, you, and make some <laughs> wow. crabs. Luring crabs out. <laughs> with a stick. I remember doing it with my cousin. We, did, we love to go crabbing. And you, it's did just, you bring, Did yeah. you bring more crabs home than your family could handle? They were like, please stop. We don't need any more crabs. <laughs> It's it's a very delicious little recipe. I, I wouldn't eat these poor little crabs now, but <laughs> thinking about it sounds really <laughs> good. It, it's kind of like chicken fingers. You put the crumbs, you bread them. You say, yeah, it's like a breaded crab. I mean, it's, not, it's really you, delicious. You had me at breaded. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. Um, but wouldn't, wouldn't do that now. Wouldn't be standing out with my stick hoping to catch a crab. <laughs> I've moved on. <laughs> Um, anyway, so you had all these lovely, act, well, passively active <laughs> ideas. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I took it. I was just thinking, okay, well, how can I differentiate? So I, <laughs> I have a little hot tip. If you're not near water and you just want to engage with water in a very self-care-minded way, you can treat your feet. If the dogs are barking, have a foot soak. Get a little <laughs> small plastic tub. Get yourself some salts. It's highly recommended. Dr. Teal's Epsom salt foot soak. Very popular. And put it in there. Get some warm water. And while you're you're working at your desk, have your feet feet soaking. If you're reading a book, have your feet soaking. Watching TV with wine, have your feet soaking. Just a small, very simple, simple way to engage with water. I don't think people do enough soaking their feet. No, our, our tootsies are neglected all too often. Yeah, it's just a, a little thing that is so easy to do and will make your move yourself feel good. And if you can't actually go to water and you're stuck in your house, you live in the desert. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> get, a, get a small plastic tub and, and enjoy. Those dogs are howling. They need some, <laughs> they need some treats. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm overdue for that myself. So my last recommendation, it's kind of similar to Matt's recommendation, going to an aquarium. My idea is to visit a tide pool. And this is great for people who don't really love hanging out at the beach and enjoy landscapes that don't necessarily cater to crowds. So most tide pools are not difficult to get to, but sometimes they require going to beaches that are more tucked away and you have to climb down some rocks and and go out of your way to find them. But I read this really great article by... Uh, Nick Fash, he's the education manager at the Santa Monica Pier Aquarium, and he talked about all the different tips for going to see tide pools. And obviously, his biggest tip would be to go when the tide is low, and that happens to be mostly during the winter months. But obviously, there's low tides during the summer. You just have to find a tide chart. So that's really important when you're planning your trip because you're, you won't be able to see them if the tides are high. And what are in these little tide pools, according to Nick, it's different across coast, I'm sure. But in 
the LA area, there's crabs, octopus, um, sometimes little eels and small, small fish. And then there's also the slower animals like snails, sea hares, marine snail, which is a snail that lacks a shell. And just, it's a really beautiful thing to witness this little galaxy of marine life. Obviously you want to be mindful and respectful of these tide pools. So if you bring your kids, don't have them grabbing at the little, little critters, have them watch it. And that could be also a great meditative experience and also an experiencing it, um, an experience and lesson in respecting water life. I love that you mentioned this because it had slipped my mind, but it is something I love to do. And in California, it's really easy to find tide pools. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, I seem to accidentally go at least once a year, like I'll be on a beach and then we'll stumble across some tide pools. And it is Incredible how you can just spend an hour <laughs> crawling over rocks on the water, <laughs> looking in yeah. and trying to find like various things like, you know, like occasionally it's exciting when you see a wild starfish or mm-hmm. um, see a lot of like little fish caught in there. Um, obviously, lots of mollusks or clams or what have you like I'm looking at a sea hare right now, which I have not seen myself. Um, have you seen a sea hare? No, I have to look at it. I was like, when he said, oh, see a sea hare. Like, all right. <laughs> I just accepted it. Let's see. Yeah, it's Yeah, I'm looking at this uh, a mollusk, a, a brown sea hare, which is also called a sea slug. Yeah, they're they're pretty big. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool stuff that you can find. I'm, I'm always, like, trying, like, I'm hoping to see, like, a, an eel or something, which I haven't found yet. But there is that kind of, like, joy of discovery. Um, an adventure when you're when you're going and visiting a tide pool. It's very cool. Yeah, they're little treasures. Well, we hope we've inspired you with some ideas that maybe didn't come to mind, or maybe you were like, "Oh, I I, I remember now. I enjoy doing that. I'm going to make sure I book a cabin, and we're going to go to the lake this summer." <laughs> I definitely, actually, in preparing for this episode, was so reminded how much I enjoy some of these things that I did that. It's like, oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Big Bear this summer. So I booked a cabin there. I'm going to um, hang out by the lake for a weekend. So That's lovely. It's, you know, as things are opening back up, it, it might be a good time to kind of like split the difference, right? Go out into nature where you have some distance from people. You can kind of come out of your mm-hmm. shell slowly. And if you are ready, those places have usually villages and restaurants and shopping you can do to kind of ease into the world again. So I think it could be a, a good thing to do over the summer um, to enjoy the healing nature of water and splish splash around (laughs) and share your adventures on our uh, Facebook group. I would love to see photos from your travels. Yeah. Keep, keep us posted on your vacations. Look, even though we're not coming out with new episodes again until September, um, we will be active on our social media. So we're Mm -hmm. not, we're not disappearing off the face of the planet. Um, we just need to recharge to, um, explode in coziness once, uh, September hits. Speaking of which, Let's take one more trip into the cozy library for some summer reads. I apologize to the cozy library fans because last episode I forgot to include a pick. So we have a few to go over. The first one is a book that I'm currently reading. It's by Casey Wilson. She starred on Happy Endings and she currently appears on Black Monday. She released a collection of essays on May 4th and i having so much fun reading this book and it's rare that I 
sit down with a book and I'm just flying through it and look forward to it every evening. So the collection of essays is linked together by the unexpected death of Casey's mom, Kathy Wilson. And all the death of parent isn't a cozy jumping off point. The book has an impressive way of making the reader feel comforted and safe, even in those tougher or more meditative moments. And as a laugh out loud funny, the first essay is titled Bed Person, which is a love letter, in at least my opinion, to Cozy's everywhere. And I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, like I said, there are some more and more difficult moments, but each time you come across a difficult moment right around the corner is a funny anecdote and she's extremely humble which is nice um, especially with celebrity books sometimes that's always always the case so go pick it up Um, I I can't recommend it enough that's a great recommendation I need to read the bed person essay yeah I feel I feel (laughs) seen already yeah my picks are just just one uh, some quick shout outs because there are lots of amazing cozies coming out over the summer and we won't be around to, to highlight them on the podcast itself. And so I did want to flag a couple for you to keep your eye on um, over the summer. That are some of my personal favorites. And we've had uh, these folks on the show as well as guests. The first is Halloween Party Murder. Okay, look, all mine are spooky <laughs> picks, all right? <laughs> Not very summery, okay? But we're, this, is, this is why we're going on hibernation because this is, this is, I'm living in fall and winter for my whole year. Um, of course. So Halloween Party Murder by Leslie Meyer, Barbara Ross, and Lee Hollis. It's another omnibus collection of short mysteries related to Halloween. I cannot wait. It's coming out on August 31st, 2021. So you can, you can get, get a jump on the fall season and Halloween. Also, um, one of my all-time favorite cozy series, um, the Salem B&B Mystery Series by Tracy Wilton, who was a guest on the show, has the latest installment called Mrs. Morris and the Vampire, coming out on August 24th. So mark your calendars. Those are awesome things to look forward to. We also had a Barbara on the show, Barbara Ross. Yes. And so, yeah, there, if you want to read those books and then the main clam bake mysteries are wonderful. Um, summer reads. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. She has great summer books. Now that your arms are full of book recommendations, let's unwind with some soothing sounds. My soothing sound this week is, I, I guess I'm calling back a lot, to a lot of our favorites on the show. Sorry, I guess I'm repeating myself a lot. <laughs> um, but it's Sharon Van Etten again. Okay. Um, she came out with a new record called Epic Ten. This is another new song. So she's really, she's coming, cranking she's them cranking them out. She's coming in really hot. Like, Sharon, take a break. Okay. Um, we can't even process all this new music. But I really love this song. It's called Like I Used To. Uh, let's take a listen to Like I Used To by Sharon Van Etten and Angel Olsen. That's another win from Sharon, for sure. Yeah, I love the music video, too, where, like, this... this um, these intercuts between Sharon and Angel who are not in the same place, it seems, but they, they're tied together really well. Yeah. The music video is absolutely stunning. It's, it's just as cozy as the song. There's it's, it's a very, um, a lot of 
colors of amber and there's hanging plants and they're in this beautiful desert house and it's also like 70s kind of vibe. It's really beautiful. Yeah, the the song itself is uh, kind of almost an energetic ballad, which is is nice for the summer, I think. But what I really love about it is the content because I, I think there's this modality to it depending on how you're interpreting it or looking into this idea of like I used to. And I feel like it's really appropriate to the moment to either kind of, you know, does it, is it speaking to getting back to stuff that we used to do, which is where I think we are right now, right? As things are reopening mm-hmm. um, and things are a bit safer here, especially in the United States with cases going down and people are, you know, restrictions are um, being removed. So there's like, I, I think, I feel like it's speaking to that and, or you can look at it another way of, of almost like a retreat and back into like old habits, but either way that you, um, you interpret it or look into it. I think it's just a really fun song. Yeah. Avoiding crowds. Like I used to really (laughs) (laughs) it's home. Excellent choice. So for my pick, I, my pick actually happened because I was um, watching the billboard music awards for work and. Oh, they had one viewer. (laughs) Yes. That was, that was me. (laughs) What one of my, um, I think one of the other editors was like, I wonder who is is watching this. And I was like, literally our team, (laughs) probably some other editorial team. I guarantee you like that uh, media was probably like 50% of their audience. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. So I was one of those people tuning in and a pink had a performance. She has this huge documentary coming. I believe it's just released. And so when she came on, she was doing the whole acrobatics thing, which was really impressive the first time she did it. Um, you know, being in the air. What do they call that uh, when they're in the air? <laughs> yeah, like where she's swinging around. She's doing all these flips. And it's, it was she got a lot of praise for it. And that's like her whole thing. So but then Jillian's like, over on, it now. Well, when she came on, I was like, this again, pink flying in the air. I see pink <laughs> when, flying when did, through the crowd. I know she's had the upside down. I almost said upside down eye. I know she's the exclamation mark for the eye for a while now. Did she always have that? Or was that later? That's a good question. I have to look into the history of that. I, I should feel know. like there was an early era of pink where that wasn't the case. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I, th- I think when when she was trying to you know differentiate herself from you know, that song she has where she's blasting jessica simpson i think she probably had like the upside down oh, okay that's that's you know, she, like that, would, that, okay she's a little more punk right the eyes upside yeah, down top yeah, get ready for yeah. this we're going crazy yeah. <laughs> yes i'm gonna start a fight you know that's, <laughs> that's pink oh yeah no 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 okay yeah so when i saw her i was like god damn i was like let's look at this again and I was like, whatever and then there's this little girl and i'm like who is that and it was Pink's daughter. And I was r- really taken in by the songs. They had this duet called Cover Me in Sunshine. Her daughter's probably about eight. Her daughter's name is Willow Sage Hart. And she's this lovely little girl. She really, she really is. And I started to almost get a little emotional because she's flying in the air with her daughter and this gorgeous little tune. It's super simple. It's nothing, you know, incredibly groundbreaking. But I just came across m- my mind a few weeks later and I it can't get the chorus out of my head. And Pink said when it was released or ahead of its release in February, she said, um, we had this song called Cover Me in Sunshine. It recorded at home because it made us feel happy. And so we're going to put it out for no other reason that we hope that the song makes you feel happy. So with that, that in mind, let's listen to Cover Me in Sunshine. 
super cute yeah she's the, the daughter's voice is actually very stunning at the end of the was she singing live oh well yeah at the billboard she was singing live. oh wow okay yeah in, in the yeah, recording no. it's 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 very layered so it kind of sounds like filtered or kind of you know uh, a lot of post-production was happening but mm-hmm. but live you're saying it was beautiful yeah okay. it was beautiful as well and then in the music video um at the end, they ha- they isolate her vocals, so you can hear it. I'm sure, like you said, there's a lot of production on it. But when she was doing it live, and then I think also, you know, she Pinka shared some, you know, Instagram stuff of her daughter singing, and she is she definitely is talented. But I just thought the reason why it stuck with me that performance, cause I'm like, wow, you really must have a ton of confidence as a kid to go out on stage, do these moves, and there was this moment because I obviously I know all this. Have almost like random slurry background knowledge, but basically at a, another award show, Pink had shared that her daughter once said, "You know, Mom, I'm the ugliest girl in the entire world," and she shared that anecdote just you know talking about you know female confidence and how you know little girls really can fall into a pit of you know com- comparison, not liking themselves, and think they're ugly and whatnot. So then to have that background knowledge and to see her singing and performing like that. That's why it kind of stuck with me. And I do like that little chorus. It's very upbeat and pretty. I think that's really cute. And, I'm, and I, I love this video and, and the song. Very cozy. I do have to fight back my like inherent like <laughs> distaste for nepotism. And I know she's just a child. <laughs> this is just a nice yes. mother-daughter moment. And so I'm not trying to yuck on that. But yeah, I, she's not like doing the Golden Globe where we had that, you know, the celebrity adult kids who are like Miss Golden Globe or whatever. Yes, it's not like but that. like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, you know what? Why can't the kids do something else? Do they have to do the same thing the parents are doing? I know it's fun to be a singer. It's great that you have that opportunity. Why not? I guess in this world, whatever. But she might not become a singer. She might, might just not. have this little ditty. I mean, it, you know what? She could be just, just one, one hit wonder. wonder. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. I don't know. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, this is this is cool. Check it out. Cover Me in Sun- Sunshine by Pink and her daughter, Willow Sageheart. Let's move on to our candle review. What you sniffing, Jillian? I am sniffing a candle by Trap Fragrances. It's like the Von Trapp family. I Every time I see the trap, I'm thinking, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what I'm thinking. But it's an interesting candle company name. And the candle that I have is number 20, and it's simply called water so it's very fitting for this episode and the description is so silly i had to try it um basically the summing it up they say the watery notes are unlike anything you have ever experienced and that is a big sell we've never experienced water because one water (laughs) i would love to know what watery notes smell like and then two obviously unlike anything you've ever experienced that's you know that's a pretty high bar to clear hefty yeah hefty uh, we've experienced a lot mount benton to climb yeah (laughs) we've we've read lots of books we've seen so many different penguins um photographed in ocean books so we've done a lot (laughs) and it says this sophisticated clean fragrance will astound you with its fresh and energizing spirit and i got the little candle because it's kind of pricey it's um it's a beautiful little 
container, simple white. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do like the, the scent. It isn't too overpowering. And then I'm going to get really specific with what it reminds me of. Have you ever gone to like a, a high-end department store and, it, and you get a little bag and the, what's that crumply paper called? The tissue paper? Tissue paper. <laughs> and it, they have, it has some perfume scent on it. Do you know what yes. I'm talking yeah. about? That's exactly what it smells oh, like. Okay. So it's like it's like a, a, a light, perfumey yes. scent. Yeah, a light, perfumey scent. But one that is enjoyable. You know, if you buy an, a shirt from a department store like that, the shirt kind of smells like it. And it has this very light, lingering scent. That is, that's the best way I can describe it. I don't know if it reminds me of water, but the design does. It has white, like I said, um, container and then has and the number 20 is in this very beautiful light blue color so i would give it a wick that sounds great even honestly your connection to department stores is incredibly cozy to me it's triggering all these wonderful wonderful memories of spending time with my grandma and jc penny while she shopped for pantyhose so it's very cozy <laughs> yeah i i can i do miss dep- department stores in a way, they are, they're always very soothing to me. When we were living in Baltimore, there was that, that was at a mall in, geez, Towson, I believe it was. And I think even we went shopping there together once. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love mall shopping. Um, yeah. And there's something to me, you know, I, they really haven't necessarily updated with the times, but I think there are still enough people who enjoy shopping at department stores mm-hmm. and and don't shop online to take advantage of them. And oftentimes they do have great deals for those who are willing to physically go to a place. Oftentimes on, on, on the flip side, it can be you're, you go there and you're like, why are you charging this much for it? But then again, you remember, oh, you're, they're paying employees and there's a physical place to upkeep versus just a warehouse. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it does remind me of like a bygone era that's very cozy of just like being in person places and getting to look at everything you're buying. I don't know. I, I just, I love uh, loitering around malls, period. Oh yeah. And food I don't, courts. I don't, I don't need to have a reason to be there. I can just go to a mall and wander around and window shop. And that's a great afternoon for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, there's this mall that our, that um, our mutual friend Robert took me to in, in, um, Springfield, Oregon, and it was, I think they had a movie theater attached and they got, I had my first Orange Julius. I never had one before. And it's just like a fun mall experience. Each mall is unique. <laughs> Even and that sounds like ironic since malls seem, they're all the same essentially, but they're, each mall has its own distinct flavor, cozy flavor. No, but seriously, I think, I think malls do get a bad rap and they're not necessarily the most like on the up and up these days, but I will say that, um, they, I think they have a lot of character. I think malls typically have like, they all have their own like vibe to them based on what stores mm-hmm. they offer. There's always these like, you know, those large areas that every mall kind of seems to have a different philosophy around how they use it. Whether it's like, this is going to be a big play area for kids while you go shopping or here's a bunch of kiosks for crap you never knew you needed. Or um, here's a yeah. Ferris wheel. <laughs> it's like, it's our <laughs> merry-go-round or whatever. Um, not a Ferris wheel necessarily. That'd be really kind of a, a tough one. <laughs> That'd be a tall order. Yeah, it's intense, but uh, I, I accepted it. I was like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, but definitely merry-go-rounds I've seen. Yeah, I just love a food court. All the options. So good. Thus concludes this season of All Things Cozy. We don't really necessarily do seasons, right? We kind of keep a, a steady pace going with our episodes. But um, 
it is kind of our, our period of rest for the next couple of months. Again, if you want to stay cozy, stay cozy with us on our social media. We are at All Things Cozy Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We'll be updating our Instagram. We'll be active in our Facebook group. Come and check it out and stay cozy with us over the summer before we bring you brand new episodes in the fall with our 99th and then 100th episode. Very special stuff coming up in the fall. Oh, We're yeah. really excited about excited. it. And we just want we just need some time to retreat and collect ourselves in order to, to live large and go big. Um, for our 100th episode. So we're really excited to bring that to you coming up. So we, we aren't going anywhere. We're just taking a little break. Go listen to some back episodes. <laughs> uh, or check out other new Cozy things and Cozy podcasts and shows uh, in the interim. But but do come back, please. Um, oh, yeah. We'll be here waiting for you. A big thank you to all of our patrons who have supported us throughout the season. We will be pausing the Patreon um, while we're on hiatus. So never fear. We will not be taking money out of your wallet for these couple months. <laughs> And a shout out to everyone who's contributed to our social media pages, including, of course, our cozy Facebook group. Yeah, we appreciate and love all of you. And like Matt said, although we'll miss you during this time, we're looking forward to cozying up and hibernating and getting back to you with all the fall goodness that we're also looking forward to ourselves. And yeah, stay in touch. We can't wait to see what you do this summer. Until next fall, stay stay cozy. cozy.